Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. I mean, isn't that crazy? It's amazing to where our world is at. And the reason I wanted to play that to you, because I was like, number one, shocked myself. Uh, Rhonda and I, the, 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 usually, like, we go to head toward the bed at about 10 o'clock, and we usually turn the news on to watch. I usually want to see the weather, and I'm going to sleep. I know, I've turned into my dad, you know. Who in the world would ever thought that? That's, you, know, you know you get old when you got to see the news, like the weather. Like, what difference does it make? But anyways, so I, um, we was watching, preparing, you know, want to see the weather, and then that story aired this week. And it just, it just amazed me because of what I had already planned to talk to you about today just makes it more relevant to our lives. And what I want to say, this is just an attempt to silence the voice of God in our children. Remember, this, was, this is not high school, this is not middle school, it's elementary schools that they want to offer these clubs. And so we have to be the voice of reason to our, to our younger people, amen? There's all these voices that are speaking. So many people are asking, why is there so much uh, evil going on today? I'll tell you why. Because all these voices are speaking into our children, and we have to make sure that God's voice is heard. So this morning, it takes me to, to our, our message that I want to talk to you about today. And that message is this, how to help the next generation find their way. Now, today, before you, uh, before you tune me out, if you are over 10 years old, I'm talking to you today, okay? Because every, you're influencing somebody. There's somebody that is watching you. You're influencing someone. So I just want you to know, if you're over 10, and let's say you're under 120, all right? Yeah, I'm talking to you, so I think it covers just about everybody in this room today. So I want to give you three things today that I believe will help us help the next generation find their way. Let me just, oh, let me say this. There is nothing greater in all the world than to help someone else find their way. I've been to so many funerals in my life, and I've been around a lot of people, and, and you know what? When they're standing around caskets, you can find the people because they're standing there looking at them in their tears, and they say, this person taught me this. This person helped me here. This person that's here, I owe them everything. They did this. And God has called Stockbridge Community to be a church full of people that go into the world that change people's lives. Amen? So we're going to talk about how you can do that today. You ready? Number one, write this down. The first thing in helping people, uh, younger people find their way is this, is become a mentor to a younger person. Become a mentor to a younger person. Now, I know that word mentor sort of scares us a little bit, and so we're going to break that down a little bit. I read a, uh, a sociologist by the name of Anthony Campolo who actually made this statement. Listen to what he said. He says, I don't believe we live in a generation of what he called bad kids, he said, I believe we live in a generation of kids who know too much too soon. Would you agree with that? I mean, like, you know, listen, a 10-year-old boy and a 10-year-old girl do not need to be exposed to pornography, do they? 
But through, through technology, that happens many times. That's the average age that it happens. And so all this information comes to our children at a much younger age. That's why they're so stressed out. You know, it's because all this information. So they're overconnected. And so you and I, listen, you and I, in being a mentor, we don't have to give them more information. Google does that, right? I mean, have you tried to have an argument with a younger person lately? I mean, like, if you try to make a point to them lately and said, you know, well, this is what's right, and, you know, you don't have a chance. Because the first thing they're going to do is they're going to whip out their phone and say, Siri, find. And when they do, or Google, you know, Google, and they're going to speak in that phone, and there's, the Internet's going to provide all these answers, so they got like 40,000 responses to yours. And so I'm telling you, Google, now I like Google, right? He's my friend sometimes, except when he proves me wrong. Uh, with my children and with those that are younger. So, uh, but what I want to say to you is that, is that they're overconnected. So our, ch- our younger people today, younger generation, okay, so I'm not just talking about teenagers. I'm talking about millennials. And any, anybody that's younger than you, listen, they don't need more information. They need interpretation. How do I interpret all this information that's coming my way? Okay, this was said or I read this. What does that really mean? How does that apply? And they need someone like you with experience who maybe has been through something that you can actually help guide them and and, and instruct them in the way to go. And so that's what they need. They don't need more information. They they need uh, a translation, actually, to what they're saying, an interpretation. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 27 and 17. Would you read the first statement? Let's read to the comma out loud. You ready? Here we go. People learn from... People learn from one another. More is caught than taught. So when, you, when you're around someone, you know, they're learning from you. They're learning by your actions, by your words, what you say, what you do. They're learning. People are learning from you. And that's what mentoring is. Mentoring is not sitting in a uh, classroom and someone saying, do this, do that. No, mentoring is just people learning from you. They learn from what he said, just as iron sharpens iron. So, so I would say, you say, Pastor Jeff, how do you mentor? I'll tell you how you mentor. Again, if you're over 10 years old, I'm talking to you today. If you're under 120, and that is this. The way you mentor is small conversations. Anybody, anybody in here ever have someone like a teacher or a parent or someone that when they got ready to give you correction, it was going to be a 30-minute talk? Anybody, anybody been around people like that? Okay, there's a few of us that have. I'm one of those that give the 30-minute talk. Like my kids are like, oh, no, here we go again, you know. Sit down, let's and so I've had to learn. I really had to learn because, you know, I love them so much. And, and I love, you know, the kids that I've been able to mentor. And, and not just kids, but young adults and those that are, that are older as well that I've been able to mentor. I have to be careful not just to lecture all the time, you know. And so here's what I would say to you is this. You ready for this statement? Uh, Proverbs, let's just look at it. Actually, it says this in Proverbs 18 and 20. It says this. Make your words what? Good. Make your words good. And you will be glad you did. Words can bring death or, or life. Death or life. <laughs> I love what he goes on to say here. He says, words can bring death or life. Talk too much and you will what? Oh boy, I've had, to, I've had to eat a lot of stuff because, you know, I've talked too much. And so we have to learn this small conversation, small conversation. Not, you know, maybe, maybe five minutes. And you know, many of you are saying, you know, I try to get the younger generation to talk to me, but they won't talk. And especially, listen, if you have a teenager, college age, you know, student, you may say, you know, how was your day? Fine. I'll tell you how to fix that. See, 
Listen, what crazy happened with you today? What crazy happened at Union Grove or Woodland High School? What crazy, what crazy happened at the University of Georgia? What crazy happened at Clayton State College? As a matter of fact, or what crazy happened on your job today? As soon as you rephrase that question, they think, they know the crazy, and it's amazing how they will respond. Just rephrase the question. Rephrase it so that you can learn to communicate with them. Here's what I want to tell you. You ready? This statement's coming up on the screen. I want to read it to you because I, I think it's so true. Use your words. Use your words to give direction, not just correction. Did you hear that? That means that you use your words. Matter of fact, would you just take out your phone right now? I just want you to take out your phone. And would you just take a picture of that? And I'm asking you, right, not right now. Don't, don't, uh, you will kill our internet if you do this right now. But when you get home after a while, I want you to post that on your Facebook and tag me in it. Don't, don't do it now, because again, because you'll shut down our internet. But uh, yeah, we did that in the first service, and they come back screaming at me from the kids' department. But take that picture, because that's going to use your words to give direction and not just correction. And so, listen, what I've had to learn to do, what I'm encouraging you to do, if you want to mentor your children, your grandchildren, or if you want to mentor those that are younger than you, maybe, maybe you're in high school and, and there's someone in junior high, or maybe in college there's a high school student, but listen, use your words to give direction, not just correction. That means you speak to their potential, not to their problem. In other words, when they're struggling, there's, you know, they're struggling with this, but you tell them, listen, but you're really good at this. And you begin to speak to that potential that they have. And you encourage them what they're good at. And let me just tell you something. Eventually, that thing that they're not so good at, yeah, you have to sometimes give correction, but spend more time on the potential than the correction, right? That's how, that's how you mentor small conversations, not a lengthy lecture, all right? And so what I want to share with you is that there's people that I'm so thankful for because if you want your kids to, to you know, and the younger people that you know, the one thing I would say, if you want to help them out, get them around other good mentors. Get them around people that have a godly character. Get them around those kind of people because they're going to help you. They're, remember, those small conversations are actually in putting into their life. And so that's what I love about Stockbridge Community. And that's why I challenge you. Listen, I challenge you. As you're, as you're walking around the hallways here, and, and I know sometimes it's crowded in our hallways and all that kind of stuff. But when you see a younger person, have a conversation. How are you doing? Are you okay? Is everything going all right with you? You sure do look nice today. Let's have conversations with the younger generation. And that will encourage them. You know what? Those words that you say, those small conversations that seem just in passing, will go with them all week and sometimes all their life. So listen, so that's why, you know, SEC, that's why you see me out there. Hey, how you doing? High-fiving everybody. I can't have a long conversation out here. I can't do that. There's too many people. But I do like to high-five, hug next, and say, hey, man, it's good to see you. How are you doing? And, and, and encourage one another. I thank God for the people in my children's lives. You know, my children grew up in this church. My son, who's 24 now, was three years old when I became the pastor of this church. My daughter is 20 years old now. And she was born, was born after we become the pastor of this church. And I thank God for the people, some of you are sitting here today, that put your fingerprints on my children's lives. And it's been for the better. You know, like Pastor Chesty has been a part of our church. She's been here on staff with us for over 18 years. I thank God that she's put her fingerprints on my children's lives. 
when, when Caitlin was, we'd seen that she loved music, you know, and, and, uh, and we wanted to help have a good mentor in her life in that area, so we signed her up for Spivey Hall Children's Choir. And there's a, there a professor there, Dr. Shaw, who's over that choir. And so from, from the time that she was in the sixth grade until the time she graduated high school, she was under Dr. Shaw's leadership. And Dr. Shaw is a strong Christian lady. And you know what? Caitlin would come home and say, you know, Dr. Shaw said this. And I was like, well, I've said that a thousand times. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't matter that I said it once. See, you've got to get your kids around other people. That's why church is so important, by the way, is because you want people of faith to be able to speak into your children and encourage and get them because they're going to hear them when they're not hearing you. So we have to mentor those. And I want to give you an opportunity as well. So mentoring kids in our church. So there's opportunities you can do that in our children's area. You can, you know, our, with our children's connect groups that we have. And then at 155 meets here on Sunday night. That's from sixth grade. The high school students that they meet here at six o'clock. They would love to have you come be a part of that. And then if you have time through the week, on the back of your connection card. You know, with this satanic group that's coming into the schools, we said, uh-uh, you know how we're going to overcome that? We're going to have more in the Good News Club than they ever thought about having in the satanic club. And while we're there in our Good News Club on Thursday afternoon that you can be a volunteer to do, oh, let me say this. Being a mentor, being a part of the Good News Club, what does it take? The ability to pour Kool-Aid. If you can pour Kool-Aid in a cup, or if you can, you can give a little sippy, you know, one of those little things you put a straw in, or you can give a cookie, you can be a part of the Good News Club. And if you can hug a kid, if you can high-five a kid, if you can just have a small conversation like, hey, how are you doing? And then that, you can do it. I want to encourage you to try to be a part of that, if you can. And it's on the back of your card. Mentoring a middle school student. If you have a time during your lunch hour, one day a week, you can go to the school and say, what is mentoring like there at the middle school? I'll tell you, if you can play checkers, you can mentor people. If you can play Uno, that's the only game I know how to play, you know. They said, let's play poker, man. I don't know, but I can play Uno, you know. They play all, all these, I don't know. How you, I can play Uno. And so whatever, if you can play a game, listen, if you have the opportunity, man, we'd love to have you sign up on the back of our card. Why? Because, again, we have to reach out to our community, right? We have to help these kids because there's so many voices coming in, so many voices we just heard coming in to their lives. And so we have, to, we have to make sure God's voice is being heard, right? I mean, how do you think a kid's going to turn out if they go to the satanic club? You know, worship the devil, right? Let's worship the devil. Matter of fact, you might ought to sacrifice your grandmom or your, or your dad or something, you know? We had a tragedy happen that I just found out about. Someone in our church, their grandparent was robbed and someone set them on fire. Tried to kill them, it's on the news. That's, that's a person that's in our church, it's their grandmother. There's evil out there, and we have to overcome evil with good, right? Why are kids doing that? Because there's these kind of people reaching out to them and telling them what to do. So we have to have Jesus Christ present in the lives of our children if our community is going to change, amen? That's all right, I'll amen myself. Amen, Pastor Jeff, you preach on. Okay, I will. <laughs> I'll just amen myself. So sign up. Number two, write this down. If we're going to help the next generation find their way, is we have to give them a place to belong before they believe. A place to belong before they believe. You see, we're all looking for a place that we can fit in. We're all looking for that. Especially the younger generation is looking for that. 
You see, we all have a longing for belonging. Everyone does. And so at SEC, we decided that, you know what, we want to make sure that this is a place where everybody can feel like they fit in, especially the younger generation, that this is a place where they fit in. The Bible tells us this. Look what it says in Ephesians 2.19. It says, Now no longer are you strangers to God or foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you what? You belong in God's household with every other Christian. And I just want you to know that this is a place of belonging. The church is a place of belonging. And we want to, and that's why at our church, listen, I want to talk to you just a second, okay? I want to be the pastor just a moment. So hear my heart. I hope I never, ever hear someone say, you know, that like we have a, if we have a, a young person come in, you know, and they got, a, they got an earring hanging out their nose and it's bouncing on their chin and, and they got, you know, tattoos all over and they got cut up jeans and chains hanging off the wall. I hope that nobody ever says, well, you know, we can't be having that. If you say something like that to that, and if you say something to offend that person, I'm coming to talk to you. I, I'm, that ticks me off. You know why? Because God somehow has laid on that person's heart to come into his house, to sense his love, to find him. And, I, you know, we're not going to have some high and mighty to tell them how bad they look. Amen? Because we want, we want to get on the inside. We want God to change their life. Listen, we can never look down our nose at anybody because we want God to change their insides. So we love everybody. Listen, I don't care if you got 3,000 tattoos, earrings from head to toe. You look like you got into a fight with a tackle box. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, I don't care if you look like you went fishing and you still got... I don't care. We love you. We want you. Amen? Let me, let me tell you something about our church. Our church is the most diverse church in our, all of our community. It's the most diverse. We are diverse skin color. We're diverse in age. We're diverse in education. We're diverse in financial means. We're the most diverse in, in our community. We're leading away. God has called us to teach the world what the church should look like. Amen? And God is like, uh, what's that ice cream shop that has Baskin and Robbins? He loves 31 flavors. Amen? And so if we all sit in a church and we all look alike, we got a problem. Did you hear that? You know, we should look. I had a guy come last week and evaluate our church. He said, Jeff, I want to tell you, you got, the, you got a great church. He said, you're the most diverse church I've ever seen. He said, you know, not only in skin color, but in, in, in age. He said, man, you got, you got a diverse age group in your congregation. I've never seen such a diverse age group. You know why? Because you're the best people in the whole world. Let me tell you why you're so good. Those of you today that are above about 50 that come to this church, I want to tell you, I want to say a special thank you to you. You come and you come into this church, and when you walk in the door, you need earplugs. I mean, the music is like, bum, 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 you know. I mean, it's like, I'm, I mean, like, when they hit that bass pedal on the drum, you feel it right here. It's like, boom, boom. It moves you, right? It, in our church, you get moved by the music, Right? And it's like, I mean, the lights are like, woo! And somebody said, hey, Pastor Jeff, I think the church is on fire. I see smoke back there. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. You are special people. Let me tell you why you're so special. It's because you said, you know what? I will tolerate what I do not like in order that my children and my grandchildren may come and like it. Amen? 
See, that's why I love you so much. I lo- I'm telling you. You see, there's too many churches. You know churches are dying today. You know that, the, that churches are closing down. You know why? Because there's people that got to the age of about 80 and said, you know what? We've got to have it our way. And you've got to do it just like us. And guess what? The kids won't come. The grandkids won't come. Nobody will come because it's got to be their way. Well, you know what we said? We're not going to do it our way. We're going to do what reaches multi-generations, and we're going to tolerate what we don't like so that we can sit together and go to church together, and our kids won't be bored to death. Amen? I just, I just want to tell you, I love you so much. Some of you told me, you said, Pastor Jeff, I don't really don't care about that, but my grandkids come, so keep it up. And I want you to know I'm getting on your side now, but I still got to remind myself of that too, is that, you know what, this ain't about me. It's about our students and, our, and our, the younger generation. Amen? You're the best people in the whole world. And I love my church. And our church is going to lead our community. God's called us to do that. And we're going to show our community what it should look like to be God's people, no matter who you are. Amen? We're going to do that together. Rhonda and I decided, you know, we started this initiative called I Will. We're about to expand our facilities. And Rhonda and I made a decision. You know what? Our kids are grown now. But we said we will not leave the next generation behind. And that's what this is all about. You know, hopefully you've got your faith. I hope you're centered on your faith. But we want to reach into the next generation. And we want to let them know that we love them because there's a lot of voices speaking out there trying to get their attention. And we said at Stockbridge Community Church that we're going to do whatever it takes to continue to reach out. And so we're doing this initiative where we're going to uh, be adding on to our church. And, and so there's people that believe in that. And this morning, I, we're going to highlight a couple that, that shared their story, Brandon and Christy Dow. I want you to listen to their story about what they said about this initiative. Hello, I'm Brandon Dow. This is Christy Dow, my wife. Uh, we have two kids here at SEC, Drew and Kendall. We've uh, been coming to church for 12, 13 years and uh, enjoyed it. The reason we're here today is to talk about the uh, I Will initiative. It was a couple months of prayer and when we were getting down to the end, you know, me and Christy started exchanging numbers and, and we, we, uh, we were really close on our number and it was a, uh, a big number for us and we decided upon it and Christy had just uh, had her boss move on from her work and was deciding if she wanted to put in for her boss's job and we made the decision on the gift and then within what day or two? Yeah, that I ended up getting the job so it was definitely um, it was it was great, and I would definitely say that just knowing that, you know, it was we didn't have anything to worry about. I mean, obviously, making a, a you know an, an, a commitment of that statute, um, you know, we knew based off the tithe challenge that God was going to provide. We weren't going to go without, um, so we had that you know faith already. Um, but when the initiative and being on the leadership team. And when Pastor Jeff passed out the card and it kind of had some of the amounts on it, I mean, we knew right then that we that we really wanted to be, we wanted to, to give, in, you know, in a, in a top tier. We wanted to give, you know, a, a, a big amount. That's just something that we were excited about. So 
we committed and um, I did get the, ended up getting the job, got the promotion and so it was just, you know, another way that we were shown that everything was going to be just fine. We were going to be able to make our commitment and, and, and it, was, it was good, it was awesome. And like Brandon mentioned earlier, we do have two kids, so that um, that aspect of it is is definitely a big a big part for us. Our children enjoy coming here and having the um, you know the kids area be as great as it is um, is definitely something that you know to have two children that actually want to come to church is is a big thing. So so that excites us for for everything that's coming along with that. The uh, initiative, uh, as, as you can tell through our story, we were here for 10, 12 years before we really jumped on board with the tithing and it worked out great and then committed to the I Will Fund and the Lord blessed us even more. So we want to encourage anybody that's still praying about it or haven't given a card yet that it's not too late and that the Lord is always willing to open His blessings up to you. And then, if you haven't been here, if you're you know fairly new, um, it's definitely you know for encourage you to to make the commitment too. We're um, going to go through some exciting changes, and it'd be a it'd be great for you know the, for if you're new to be a part of the journey um, as we go through those. And that's you know the, one of the most exciting parts of the initiative is is the the new stuff and just being part of growth, I think, is a, it's a great thing for, for us uh, being at this church at this time right now. It's a wonderful thing. I want to show you a picture of what our new building is going to look like, uh, so if you can go ahead and, and put that up. Actually, it's, it's our building expanded. That's what it's going to look like. We just got our rendering. It's actually in the foyer. And so what I want, we're, we're having a student area, children's area, and we'll expand our sanctuary. It's all going to be a part of that. And so I want to invite you to take the journey with us inside of your program. There's a card that says, I will. And if you haven't done so already, I'm asking you to, to take this card, pray over it, make a pledge. You know, Rhonda and I decided that with like Brandon and Chrissy that we want to be a part of this. So we put off buying a new vehicle so that we could give, instead of giving the money to the Ford Motor Company, that we would give it to, to God through SEC so that our next generation can have a place. So I'm asking you, please take that card and pray over it and fill it out. You know, this morning I, I was in the service and a guy walked up and said, you know what, Pastor Jeff said, uh, I'm going to give $5,000 next week. I mean, it's just amazing what God is doing. And I was just like, Whoa, you know, like he had no clue what was going on today, but it's how God is speaking to people to this. So just let God speak to you and you give what you can. All right, number three, would you write this down? Number three is this. This is long, so I want to make sure you get there so you can get it. It says, here we go. Having the next generation find their way is that we pray for them, give them space to fail, and a faith that won't fail. Did you get all that? Pray for them. Give them, a, give them space to fail, but a faith that won't fail. Jesus taught us this. Now, we're going to read this passage. Jesus was talking to the Simon Peter, one of his disciples, and look what he said. Jesus said in Luke 22 and 31, Jesus said to Simon, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. Now, doesn't that sound like what we just heard at the beginning of the service? And Satan's still up to the same job. 
But Jesus said this, But I have pleaded in what? In prayer for you, Simon, that your what? That your faith should not... Notice that. Your faith should not fail. So when... Why don't you circle those two words? So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Now what I want to say is this. There's three components that Jesus prayed for, and here's what mentors do. And this is my prayer. As your pastor, this is my prayer for you. Number one, I pray for you, and you should pray for others. Those that are around you closely, you should pray for that coworker that's younger than you, that classmate, that grandchild, that child, whoever, uh, you should pray for them. But the second thing Jesus said is, I pray that your faith will not fail. I know that you're going to stumble. I know you're going to have times in your life to where you're going to fall and your faith, you know, you're going to sin. You're going to do things that God doesn't approve of. But when that happens, don't let your faith fail. Even though you may fail, do not let your faith fail. Jesus said that. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Is that in our culture today, those that are younger than us, what we have a tendency to do is that we try to dive in and fix everything for them, right? But here's what I want you to know is that Everybody has to learn that you're going to have periods of loneliness. You're going to have periods of where you feel like you've been abandoned. You're going to have periods of frustration. You're going to have periods of maybe even depression in your life. It's going to come. And see, Jesus went through all of that. And God allowed him to go through that so that we could see the character of God. And God wants to get his character in you and those younger generation and your children and grandchildren. And if we don't let them fail, if we don't give them space to fail, guess what? They're never going to know. They're never going to know that God can pick them back up. Matter of fact, maybe it's God's plan that they go through some of that so that their character can grow to get them ready for what's going to happen five years from now. But if we interfere with that and we don't let them fail, guess what? We're interfering with the plan of God. God never intervened when Jesus was going through all that he went through. He never stepped in and said, okay, now I'm going to take it from here. No, he had to go through it so he could be who he wanted to be. So I challenge you today is give the people around you space to fail. That means that, you know, you let them, let them make some decisions that may not be the best decisions. And you give them that space. But we pray that their faith will not fail, right? That, that means this, is that when you're down and, and you know, you're on the bottom and, and you don't know where to turn, that you know that there's a God in heaven that loves you and cares for you. No matter, even though you failed Him, He will never fail you. Amen? Did you hear that? Even though you have failed, even though you have sinned, even though you broke the heart of God and you broke other people's heart, and other people are disappointed in you and discouraged, you know that even though you failed, that God will never fail. Every person needs to know that. That's called faith. Jesus said, I pray that your faith doesn't fail even when you do. And that's what everyone needs to know. The Bible says this. In Hebrews 13, 4 and 6, he says, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. So what is he saying? He's saying strong families happen, and our strong faith grows in strong marriages. So God honors marriage. I want you to know that. Marriage is important. And then he goes on to say this. He says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said... Would you read this line with me? Come on, let's read it out loud. You ready? Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Notice our response. God says, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. 
Every person needs to know that. That God will never leave you and God will never forsake you. Do you, need, you need to know that. God will never leave you and God... You say, Pastor Jeff, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what's happened to me. No, I don't. I know the word, though, and God's word says he will never, ever leave you. At the, he said, you can make your bed in hell and I will be there, is what the psalmist said. And some of you feel like you've done that. I want you to know you can't run too far that God can't get to you. Amen? Amen. And he goes on to say this. So this is our response. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So here's what we do. Look what the Bible says. Here we go. So we say with what? We say with what? Would you shout that out in confidence? So we say with? That's confidence, baby, right there. What are we going to say with confidence? Come on, let's say it together. You ready? Here we go. The Lord is my helper. I will not. Come on, let's do it again with confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will not. Come on, one more time. The Lord is my helper. I will not be. See, that's what every young person needs to know. That's what every young adult needs to know. That's what every grandparent needs to know is that the Lord is my helper. That's faith that doesn't fail. No matter that I fail, no matter if you fail, God says, I will never fail you. And that's why from the bottom you can say, the Lord is my helper. I will get back up. My story has not been all written yet. My story is not over. It's my story that the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Come on, stand up and say it with me. Come on. Ready? Let's say it together. You ready? The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Come on, one more time. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. One more time. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Come on, sing this with them. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's sccview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.